Yo, man. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Yo, man. Boom, Miss Rusty. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast, the public access podcast. Here on the Quantum Global Broadcasting Network, QGEBN. I'm your host, Rusty Diamond, and thank you for being here. Check out other shows on the network, like When the Gloves Come Off, the Thinking Man's Pro Wrestling Podcast. This is it with Lizzie and Say by the Ben. I think I got all those. I don't know. I think there's more. There's going to be more coming, too. There's more podcasts coming. The fucking network is going to be huge. So, yeah. Getting more shows coming, more people coming on. And the show is brought to you by Fred Ben Savage's Fuck, Stoner Eats Productions, Hardcore Entertainment, Hypnosis is Great, and Sock em Up. Go to SockEmUp.org, S-O-C-K-E-M-U-P.org. You can go and Give people socks. People need socks. It's the most requested, least delivered item for people that need stuff. People need socks. Sockemup.org. So today I'm here. It's I don't know what day of the week it is. Fuck. I want to say it's Tuesday. We're gonna it is Tuesday because I have a, I'm recording when the gloves come off later. That's how I can tell what day of the week it is because uh yeah, because I have that show to record later today too. So that's how I can tell. So I'm going to bring on my special guest right here, right now. And my special guest right here, right now is Brianna Surgut. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing this morning? Good. Uh, not too shabby. It's uh, it's a good day because it's, I don't know. It's just a good day. I'm not going to, I have nothing to complain about. I got, I got. I don't know, two podcasts to record. So that's that's the extent of my day. And I, it could be, <laughs> I mean, there, there's a lot worse things than I could be doing than recording two podcasts in a day. So this is very true. Well, yeah. What can you do? Do you have a dog there? Is that a dog? Is that like a. I, do. I apologize. I don't know if you, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I, this is Freya. Is that a Shiba Inu? Yes, she's my Shiba. Okay. Actually, so. Is what? I've got two of them, actually. You have two Shiba Inos. Yes, but Bjorn's over there on the floor right now. Okay. I, I knew some people that used to have two Shiba Inus all the time as well uh, when I was growing up. Uh, it was so, I don't remember their names, though. But uh, sometimes you can't remember all the names that were 20, 25 years ago. What can you do? Um, you can try very good at letting go, which is a very good thing to have, you know, so, well, you know, I, I agree. And I feel that that's something that doesn't happen nearly enough. And it's something that 
needs to happen. I mean, there's a big difference between letting go and saying you're letting go. There shouldn't be, but it seems there is. I think saying letting go usually means you haven't let it go or haven't. But I mean, there's also a difference between letting it go and working through it and letting it go. And I think that's kind of just as important. I think you know, once it's kind of, you don't, you know, you don't talk about it. Or like, because you can also not talk about it, but be thinking about it all the time. And there's that too. So there, there's some, some layers to this. But once it's just kind of gone, it's like the, you know, you're not, you're not really dead until, you know, people stop talking about you. That whole thing that some people say for some reason. It's an interesting thing that people say, especially when people die, that people say that. Um, I don't know. I've had a lot of people die recently. It's a, it's a different, definitely a weird thing to hear someone say, but I don't know. I don't know. So I think basically what I'm getting to is yeah, being able to let go of something fully after after working through it is kind of what needs to happen for anything to move forward. Because I mean, that could be something that could be stopping and blocking a bunch of other shit from your life going on is, you know, that one whatever that event is. And uh, whoever might not even know what that event is, and and that's the hard part too. If like, especially if they think it is one thing, but it's actually something probably that happened before that that is not even in in the head. It's just well, it's in there. It's in the brain. It's in that part, but it's nothing that would have ever been thought up. And it's but it's something that needs to be worked through to be able to let go. And I don't know. I feel that I feel there's so much of a need to hold on to things longer than we need to. And I don't know if it's something that's kind of put in our culture because it can keep us, I don't know, because there, there's like, uh, there's nostalgia. There, There's this longing for nostalgia of all kinds of goofy shit. Uh, like, you know, I don't know. I, like, for, for instance, uh, Blockbuster Video, which to me is the Walmart to video stores. But, uh, you know, that's that's a whole different rabbit hole here but the just wanting to keep things going and kind of going over them when it's something that though i guess the only way that would really help a person evolve into the future would be because maybe it's a pleasant memory but i don't know what what, what do you think i i just kind of went off on a tangent like like seven eight tangents on on there um about a lot of stuff but what about you 
I feel a lot of similarities. I mean, uh, what with with uh, see, you know, I recently watched something with um Brene Brown, um, the Atlas of the Heart. Don't know if you've heard of it, but it is. I've not. It is something new. It's uh probably a little over a year old. Okay. But, yeah. Um, then I probably. I I'm very disconnected from a lot of things, but tell tell me about it, please. So basically it just talks about human emotion and how we like box and label things. And to be honest with you, she goes over the fact that there's well over a different human, uh, well over about a hundred or so different uh, human emotions, but because we haven't really spent much time working with them, we box and label it all into about five different boxes, you know, when there's more complexity to it all, you know, and basically, so everybody has their own emotional language, and it does have to go through all the different locks and dams of your traumas and the things you have not let go of. And exactly, I wholeheartedly believe what you said about the fact that we don't really pay attention to the letting go process the way that we should. Um, and a lot of people in that, they they actually have lack of communication within themselves to understand what has actually been processed, what is in the process of being processed, because it all, it all ultimately it comes to a sense of presence. Like, and if you're, and when I've talked about that word presence with people, there people are like, what are you talking about? Blah, 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 blah. It's like, so if you're physically here, you know, but you got the brain chatter going and it's so loud and everything, you're not fully present. And if you're, if you're not able to, if, if your emotions have channels, locks and dams on them, then you're not fully present you know, until you go back through and you work through and you take the time and spend the time to, to, to hoist up all those anchors that you've placed back in the past and remove some, uh, uh, the anxiety and the fear of the future to get yourself to be here in this moment completely, it, it, uh, emotionally, psychologically, and physically, then you've got some work to do. All of us do, you know, and we live in a society that doesn't, it, like you said, it is various. It is very nostalgic. So nostalgia keeps it in its essence underneath the surface. It transmits a message that you need to hold on to this, hold right. on, hold on to that, hold on to it. And then we also guilt each other, like, well, you know, say a breakup or something like that happens, we guilt it. Well, if you let go of me that fast, you must not have cared. No. That that's a fucked up one that that's that gets thrown around quite a bit. And it, for some reason that is a it's kind of become a standard. It, it's a standard uh consciousness of that is a thing that if you did you can get if you can get past me that quick then you didn't really you know you didn't really uh love me like that and that's pretty fucked up but there's also a flip side to all everything there's always a different perspective because from the other person's perspective you can be like well i don't think you truly love me then if you don't 
if you haven't completely realized this hasn't worked, it's over. And if you really love me, you should want me to move forward and and be in the presence of love or you know, whatever that may be for that individual or somebody else, you should want that for that person. Oh, I'm, you know, I know it didn't work between us, but you know, I am so grateful for the time that we had each other in our lives on our path, but you know what? I'm going to send you off with kisses and hugs as you move forward to hopefully find what it is that does resonate with you that can be long lasting, you know? So um, how yeah. does that happen? How, how, what, what, like out of, a thousand times, I, I wish that would happen three times out of a thousand and this world would be a lot better. And I mean, if you could beat that number, it could be larger, but I don't know. I would love it if people were that fucking mature during a breakup and get, get to that point. And I mean, how does someone get to that point, do you think? I You really have to question yourself. You really have to you know, look in the mirror and really question yourself and start thinking about things. And I mean, I had to come to the conclusion that, you know, and it was, it was, it was, it was challenging for me at first to, to realize that I, my, my understanding and definitions of love and everything uh, weren't consistent with that. I, I, I believe there's like that Hollywood like idea of romance. Then there's the, the kind of, whatever population you find yourself immersed in there's that kind of current definition but then there's the true definition of like how have you actually experienced love you know whether it's romantic love whether it's you know friendship whether it's family all of those are your truth and that's your start point for how you feel and unless you can go to that truth you won't ever get back to your start point and you're always going to be chasing something else, you know, and instead of what actually, because there is no equation that you can give and just go, okay, world, here's the equation, you know, plug that in and you'll find love because everybody has their own story. Everybody is on their own journey, their own path, you know? So I can't tell you how to define love for you, you know, because I don't know the full you only you can do that but right. ultimately once i started to work through that you start to realize it is more it is a lot bigger than you think because a lot of people are walking around thinking they know what love is and uh haven't really taken the time to self-reflect and really discover that all love begins with love of self so right it, you're challenged in that area and haven't, and it begins with that self-reflection, you know, you start self-reflecting and then you start to realize, oh, I haven't been that great of a person to myself. Do you treat yourself as good as you would a friend or a family member? More times than not, people, if they answer it honestly, it's probably not because you're always seeking love outside of you by, oh, I'm not saying that we all task ourselves only for the hope that the return is love, but it is it is rooted in that for most people, if not all of us. But when you and almost everything that we're taught, be selfless, don't care about yourself, love. Other, but the thing is, is if 
one thing that resonates with me and it's been sticking with me since pre-COVID is if you don't don your oxygen mask first, you are not going to be no good to nobody else. And it is not wrong. I mean, there is a conceited kind of love or something like if you have that kind of love for self, it's going to reflect in your daily the interactions with other people. But if you have the true love of self that you've been searching for from another person, if you love yourself that way, it will also reflect in your life and you will you will magnetically attract those people that are vibrating on that same frequency of love, you know. So right. and yeah, the the person that or you know, whoever person or you know, multiple of people or how many people are in your uh love circle uh it i mean yeah like on one of my other podcasts like at the end of every episode we you know we talk about that about with the the oxygen mask analogy and uh it's i mean it's true i mean i i've like one of my things uh my one of my hats is i i'm a marriage counselor and i mean one of the things is i mean how many are just missing out and just like that that does not even occur to them that they need to take care of themselves first and then like with them only taking care of themselves that much loving themselves that much like you were saying it only resonates that much it only resonates you're going to resonate with people who are on your same level and i mean you're going to end up if you're not taking care of yourself you're going to end up with trying to take care of someone else who is on that same level as you but you're not going to get to that level and your whole life is going to be about trying to take care of this person when you yourself are going and like not doing that to yourself and then wondering then how they're getting better but then they're also in turn trying to love somebody that doesn't love themselves and trying to love somebody that doesn't love themselves is virtually impossible it's not completely impossible but pretty much is and and especially if i don't know I mean, I guess if they know that they don't love themselves, that can at least set them on the path towards being able to love themselves. Whereas, you know, or denying it, denying that they don't love. I mean, but they you have to know in your your heart that you you don't love yourself. If you don't love yourself, maybe you don't. But I mean, yeah, knowing that you don't. I mean, that gives you the option to be able to go and start working on yourself, which is something that, again, I don't think happens enough. And I think it it can be looked at in society as selfish to want to want to like love yourself, to, you know, to a, a better degree, get yourself in a better place, work through things. Um Sure, helping out people is great. But yeah, like you said, you're not going to be able to help out people if, you know, you're struggling for oxygen. 
you definitely can't like it, the whole analogy is is you know if you pass out first and you're no good to anybody else and i think that you know uh just circling back to what we were talking about like letting go and you know people dying and things like that is uh you know i have i do adhere to like some of the buddhist teachings and you know the the thing about uh suffering and you know the impertinence of it all you know once you once you've done enough work because like like you were alluding to earlier it's like there's one thing in saying it and there's another in actually doing it and then then the result of actually doing it and being able to feel that result in your life you know and a lot of the times it is repetitious but you when you start to self-reflect you just got to stay on that path enough to where you know you you literally transcend all of that of what you just what you were alluding to is is in the beginning it's just words but those words become eventually like a mantra and you know and eventually that mantra is kind of like a better anchor pulling you in a different direction while you're letting go of the other stuff and then eventually you can let go of all the anchors and you're just there because you're being you're in you're you're existing in it, you know? And yep. I honestly think that um, what we're dealing with more is there's just a huge entanglement, you know? I mean, um, even when you start to self-reflect and you realize that like, cause when I started going through my spiritual awakening, it was all kind of reflective back at me, you know, like, and when you're, when you're in that stage of it, you don't realize that pretty much everybody is experiencing what you're experiencing or, you know, like if you're a really good person, if you're like, wow, I used to live that way and think that well, like, like in my essence, I've just wanted to love purely, you know, but then the realization that I've been chasing Hollywood love my whole life for me, that was like, what are you kidding me? Me? I was doing that, you know? And so there are some hard truths that we got to swallow along the way. But if you swallow enough of them, you realize everybody is in that same boat. It's not just you. But the just thinking it's just you and you're you're it, I think is what keeps us logged in that that place, if that makes sense. That and, makes sense. And then it's like as you start to realize it, there's kind of like there's 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 a lot of texture to it all. I mean, there, there's a lot of ebbs and flows and different currents and your definition, like your feelings are a different language than my language, you, you know? And like what I was talking about the beginning with love, it's, it's like we can vocalize back and forth and we can go off the Webster dictionary of what we're saying, but the truth of the matter is underneath it, it's still triggering my emotional definition of what we're talking about too and every person is doing that simultaneously and every and especially if it's a vulnerable an emotionally vulnerable uh state that you're with with somebody i mean those are the most uh uh challenging ones to move through but when we realize that we are all in a state of love it's just a matter of altitude you know i mean like when the clouds are rolling in and it's dark and everything you take off and you launch over and you get above those clouds and there's blue sky and you know uh a huge beautiful sun up there and nice and warm and everything like that so it's all about elevation and you know 
when you believe that the true essence of every being is is love then you can relieve yourself of a lot of those worries and concerns like i would rather be able to effectively communicate with somebody that i love whether it be romantic love or not even if it's the hard communication about things that are challenging emotionally or psychologically but grounded in the understanding it's coming from a good place because if i love if if i love you and you're sitting there and you have challenging emotions and feelings but you have to keep it inside or go talk to somebody else about it our connection is diminished yep you know right so being able to understand that this difficult conversation is coming from it, it's grounded in real love you should be able to open yourself to hear anything, you know, and allow that exchange to happen. Yeah, you know, it might be challenging in the moment and this and that, but eventually it gets better, you know, and don't go off on a tangent like a child and get mad and, oh, I can't believe you feel this way or think that, like that just traps the other person and pushes them more away from you, eventually builds walls. The more dialogue we can exchange and the better you truly get to know... I've come to the conclusion that, you know, sadly, there's a lot of people in this world that think that they have this wonderful relationship, but they're still in a relationship with a complete stranger. If you don't allow somebody to express the heavy feelings and the dialogue that needs to happen, then you're, you're estranged to that person, no matter how close you think you are to them, you know, and there should be a lot more safety and being vulnerable with other people. And it it doesn't have to just even be people that you feel are close to you. I think the only reason why we have a fear and actually the word exists, vulnerability, is because we created it ourselves from a lack of being able to communicate effectively with each other. Because there could be a world where vulnerability, like, what is that word? I don't even understand what that word is. You know, I mean, because I'm fluid, I'm, I'm on my surface because I'm able to share everything I'm feeling. So what, where, where does vulnerability even come into it? You know, so. And that part where someone gets to a part where they, they need to be vulnerable and it's something that is, uh, I don't know, I, I don't, the, the term. I'm not I'm not big on the term triggering, but something that that is triggering for someone. Yeah, that means it should be like that's something that should be talked about and like really be able to work through because then once that's because things that are triggering can become non triggering. They can just become things like like vulnerability and like once that's once it's worked through. But like once someone realizes that that is something that's like, oh shit, okay. Well, this thing's kind of fucking with me, but I, you know, I can let it fuck with me for my whole life, or I can go and jump in there right now and you know be able to talk with someone who just is there to, you know, maybe listen. Maybe maybe they're not hearing. Maybe they're listening. Maybe they aren't. But it's something that. Or maybe the person does it on their own. However, they want to work through anything. I mean, you can. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know 
I don't know if I would have said this five, ten years ago, but I don't know if there's really anything that can't be worked through. And it's kind of fucked up and it's easy to say. And like I said, I wouldn't have thought this five years ago, ten years ago, but Again, one of those. If I can do it, anyone can do it. Um, I don't know. Like with, um, I mean, with hypnosis, at least I can, I can get, I can get anyone to work through anything if they want to. And again, putting up uh, this thing is gonna like knowing that this thing like is gonna be messing with me if someone. Brings it up like you bring it up one more time. I I get you, I get you in the most relaxed state, and we fucking you you work through it in your head. I'm just guiding you along the path. But if you find something that's blocking you from being able to get to that level of the next level of just being able to, because that's also stopping you from loving yourself as much as you can. Being able to have this part like I I yeah this like dark part of me that's just don't don't uh you know you're achilles heel i guess um and being able to work through that is just is able to let that go just be able to release that and how freeing that can be and then being able to be 100% open and as opposed to 99% open and how much of a difference that 1% can make. I would definitely start. See, that's the other thing. It's like when we start talking about like at our essence, everybody is just this, this love that that is where it's at. But like in your business and what you were just explaining, there's so many different layers stacked on top of that you know, because you got your life experience and the things that have happened to you and every, so it's like, when I encounter somebody that I don't feel like is expressing their love for themselves, I'll say, because everybody, I think on some level, it's just a matter of piercing what layers you need to, you can, you're going to strike oil. I mean, you're, you're going to get to the point where it's like, oh, wow, why didn't I feel about myself this the whole time, you know? But self-image is one of the the strongest layers to penetrate. And when you get back to childhood and the parents that were around and you grew up in the baby boomer kind of, uh, you know, post-World War II uh, era, there wasn't a lot of warmth, you know, and it, there, there, was, there was a lot of poor self-images generated towards kids in those days. So... It's like you really have to go back, forgive your parents. They were doing the best that they could um, kind of remove some of that tension and everything like that. And then just really get to a place of, you know, being honest with yourself. It's not it wouldn't be that person's fault as their poor self-image. But you got to go back and be like, OK, but this is the truth of it, because this is. This is what was portrayed to me. This is how I felt. I wasn't able to process this and it's buried under a whole life now, you know? So uh, let go of the whole life and then start reprocessing yourself in your own image, you know? Uh, because 
the wonderful thing is, is now you have an entire life to extract the more positive stuff from, you know, you don't make it X amount of years down the road without doing something positive. But we've been also socially conditioned to always focus on the negative, negative, negative. So you're always just like, oh, I must be this pile of all the things that I got wrong. No, those are your, just your mistakes and everybody makes them, you know? So, because if you were given a poor image as a child, more than likely, that's what you're doing. You're collecting all your mistakes and you have been made to believe that your mistakes are who you are. Honey, no, you're not your mistakes. You're the person that worked through, persevered and wanted to work through those things. And it is also still judging yourself for those things. You wouldn't judge yourself if you were a bad person of the bad things that you have done. You know, I mean, go yep. a little deeper and define that for yourself and see it for what it is, you know? So there's always more depth to everything, but I find that people just move from one spot to the next and just keep going. And the other thing is, is I feel like more than likely, probably for a lot of our generation, it was like somebody, by the time you became an adult, at least for me, it was like somebody slapped the war, warp button, but we're in a Spaceballs movie. It's like, they've gone flat. It's like, you can't keep up with everything because right. you were prepared for a world to like go out and work in and do this. And we were never prepared for, to handle the emotional challenges of being alive, you know, a ludicrous speed. Yes. <laughs> but that's where we're getting to right now, you know, and I think that that's where we're evolving right now is starting to understand how to unpackage those emotions and those feelings and, and kind of grow with them and water them and nurture them and everything else to find that, that better balance with ourselves, you know, because if you're literally in your logical, rational side of your mind all the time and you're disassociating your emotions out of a sense of survival, then you're not a balanced person. You, And, you know, I've seen the adults in my life when I was younger and they could give the illusion that everything is great. The bills are paid. There's there's food in the house. You You got clothes on your back, this and that. Okay, but you're not healthy emotionally, you know? Right. You can put gas in the car and go and and physically move through your life. But if you're just isolating or boxing your emotions and not dealing with them and, or just kicking some of it down the road, then it's going to be, it is a brutal journey, you know, until yeah. you find balance. And then once you find balance, find a way to keep it in balance as you move forward the best that you can. And whatever it is, is going to come back up at some point in your life. It's not just going to be put away and uh, it's never going to see the light of day ever again. Something's going to, something's going to bring it up and you're like, oh yeah, shit, that sucked. I forgot all about that, but here it is again. I'm, I'm you know, experiencing it and I haven't worked through it at all. And here it is again, and it's kicking my ass and I don't know what to do. And I mean, I've I've been down that I've been down that path. I sure sure as fuck have, and it sucks. It's not a fun one. And getting to a point like, and then realizing like, okay, if I work through it and this happens again, it's not going to be nearly as impactful as it was before. And it's like, oh, okay, well, shit. All right, there it is. And then you fucking go on with your day. Here's a little bit further on in the day, and you're fine. And 
it's not something that's debilitating for two weeks and just stop everything. And there's, I don't know. It's cause I mean, yeah, when we, when we were kids, I mean, we weren't taught. <laughs> I don't know. None of this. I don't think I mean, I, I wasn't, I wasn't taught any of it. I didn't teach any of it from our, our families or our, uh, schooling or anything else really um it was i yeah just fucking put it away and you know it'll be fine and and then here we are later it's like oh yeah that was wrong i don't know if i hope that but then i also don't like you were saying earlier i don't think somebody should be their mistakes and i think that's something that's kind of like, like, if your mistakes make you are, and that's who you are, and that's all you think you are, that 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 kind of sucks, and that's not that's not going to do anyone any good. But at the same time, those mistakes or or whatever the uh, a pity party, for for lack of a better words, can give you that that short burst of uh serotonin or or whatever it may be and you get that for a minute but then it's gone and you're right back in that same spot and you're kind of always searching for that little boost of it but i mean you can be someone who has a, a bunch of mistakes but you can also work through those and learn from your mistakes and become something more and then you're you are once you are you and you're not your mistakes and you realize it's you it's just like okay this is me then i mean you're, you're in a space that's a million times better and it's you're not just stuck at like okay this something that happened to me this is who i am this is what anyone's gonna know me as and this is all i think of myself and that's, it seems to be happening a lot. And I, that's unfortunate. And it's, I don't know. I, you know, everyone, everyone is at a different altitude, like you were saying, but it's unfortunate if someone thinks that if that's all they are is their mistakes and that's how people are going to know them. That's it's sad. It sucks. It's, and I, I don't wish that on anyone. I don't wish anyone that has to have that, have that be them. Like that, that is me. I'm, I am these mistakes. Um, and that's who I'm always going to be. And that sucks. And I, I wish that we could reach out to those people and let them know that, that that's not who you are and who you have to be your whole life. And I don't know. I hope hope that someone can, like at least one person, can get something from what you were saying with that, and realize that you don't have to be that, and you can just once you're you, then you're in good, you're in good shape. Once you're just who you are, and you realize you can work through stuff, you realize you can love yourself. That's when you're on the right path. Exactly.
And the other thing that I would just add to that, just to kind of bring it, like you gave like all the layers, I'm just going to put the like little kind of like arrangement around that. And it's just, once you're on the path of self-discovery and self-love, uh, you start to realize that it very, it really is very true. You know, you want to heal the world, heal yourself, you know, and because, you know, along the way, not only do you start taking it easier on yourself and judging yourself less, you start, you can't get there without realizing that everybody's on that same path. The people that have hurt you, the people that have loved you, you know, um, you know, even whole countries, you know, even humanity as its entirety, you know, when you look at it, look at it as humanity as a one being, you know, we've, we've made some mistakes as, as a race, you know, and it's applicable across the board and you can just start to kind of, you know, really start to understand those things. And, you know, but as that happens, the stories and a the attachments that those stories have created with certain people and things, they start to dissolve, you know, and it's just, and life becomes an experience instead of, you know, oh my gosh, I have to survive this. Or you don't even realize how much we're in survival mode, like daily, you know, if you're not, if you cannot be completely balanced emotionally and psychologically and present with all of it, then you are in survival mode. I mean, that's the only state that's not in survival mode, you know, from from my perspective and my experiences. So when you heal enough to where you can be balanced emotionally and psychologically and be completely present, you know, then you're living and you're thriving. And there's no way you get there without impacting people around you. And even, you know, and we've also been conditioned, uh, to put people on pedestals and put things on pedestals. But, you know, um, I don't like pedestals for nothing or nobody. A pedestal to me, now that I've dissected it, it says, look, this is above you and you'll never achieve that, you know, whether it's a person, place or whatever. But, you know, instead of saying a pedestal, it's like everybody's on their own path at different varying distances, you know? So if, if somebody's at, a little bit further down the road that normally somebody would say, Oh, this person, I need to put them on a pedestal. If you think of them just on a path, it's like, Oh no, they're just a little further down. I got to walk a little bit more to reach them, you know? Uh, so that, that makes it uh, internally, it gives you the message that that's attainable versus the pedestal, which is like, no, you're blocked from that. You're stuck here. And you just need to keep looking up there. Well, you know what? My neck starts to hurt if I look up too much. So right, yeah. Uh, you... I like I like I like being able to look like even kill with people and and things and stuff like that. It's it's a lot less tedious on my neck. So yeah, <laughs> I like to know that. Hey, you know, hey, you're further down the road than me. You know, if if I need a little bit of advice of how you got there, you know, if you're open to it, I'd ask you. But if not, at least I know. Like, hey you're down that way, you know? So yeah. I'm going to, but it's never really possible for two people to be at the same place, you know, because your path is your path, you know? Yeah. You're, you're all on the, on the path, on the, what, you know, you're all going, you're all going there, wherever it is, whatever it is, you're on there there. You can't, yeah, you can't all be in the same place at the same time. 
but we have fear of something like that you know like wait a minute you tell me that i'm alone i'm like anything that keeps you from understanding that is an illusion you know we get we get companionship from each other and everything like that but the minute that you drew your first breath you you you're in this incarnation alone and but I use the word alone generically because there is so much emotional negativity around that word that is just not even funny. It's, you know, but that's the truth of it. And anything else is just an illusion. It's like a whoopee blanket. We pull over ourselves to like, oh my God, the the scary monster is not going to get me. But I mean, the truth of it is, is once you really start to make your peace with that, everything opens up There's in a different way. Me. So, yeah. Yeah, once yeah, once a scary monster is just something, then you're fine. You know, the, eventually a scary monster is not going to be a scary monster. It's not going to be a scary monster forever. It doesn't need to be. It can be. You can let that be a scary monster and sleep with a nightlight on every night of your night, every night of your life. Uh, or you can just know that the monster, you know, you can go up to the monster and say, oh, the monster is not that big of a deal. Okay, well cool hey hey monster you're doing your thing have fun and invite him over for some tea and crumpets right that sounds great yeah you invite your monster over for tea and crumpets uh, uh brianna i i had a great time getting to talk with you and uh, meet you and i know what we're going to talk about and get to where we got to so i uh appreciate having you on here it was a good time so thank you for that absolutely it was my pleasure and then uh, you're you're not very much present on online. So if I don't know, people want. Are you do do you other podcasts or do you do anything or is there I a way people if they want to find you somewhere doing something? I do have Facebook. Um, I mean, it is there, and I do check it periodically. So there's that way to connect. Uh, shortly in the future, I do have some book ideas that I will be generating some uh, some books out there for people and stuff like that. So it's just basically uh, stay tuned, you know. Um, I like it. I was planning on putting together a podcast as well. Um, um, but these are all just projects that I've got kind of like on the pinup board right now. So I don't really have a definitive timeline on everything. Happen when they happen. They'll be there when they're there. And uh, yeah, you let me know when they're there and I will put that out. Uh, as much as I'm out in the internet world, I'll put that out there. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm sort of out there in the internet world. I'm more, uh, this is my internet world, I guess. But yeah, um, it works. It works. But yeah, I, I hope you, yeah, continue doing what you want to do. And, you know, whatever it is, I don't know, whatever it is. And then, yeah, you know what you're doing. No one knows better than you. So just keep doing that. You'll know when it's time to do whatever or when it's not time to do whatever. I've considered my my path right now just to heal as much as possible. And healing is what gave me the dialogue that I was able to talk about today. So, I mean, um but when you're doing self-healing, it's not really this kind of public, big, you know, this nope. is a personal thing that you do for yourself. So, you yeah. know, that opens me up to things that 
allow me to have like a podcast talk with you today and express some of the things that I've experienced on my journey. And somebody does pick up on that and it helps them out. My heart yeah. is with you, you know? Yeah. And yeah, it's all one person, one person gets something out of it. Something's cool. We're good. We're in good shape. And so, yeah. Uh, Brianna, I hope you have a great rest of your day. And yeah, thanks for uh, waking up uh, in the morning and yeah, doing doing the morning thing. So yeah, have, have a great rest of your day. Namaste. Have a good one. Thank you. All right. That's uh, Brianna Surgit. So yeah, check out Brianna. Um, that was fun. I liked I liked talking with Brianna. I was, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Because I, so... Um, let's see. I was recommended Brianna from Amanda. So shout out to Amanda out there for for hooking that up. Um, good call. So you guys, thank you so much. Uh, I didn't get to say this. You guys, you can call in and leave a message on this show because I'll play it here. You can leave a message. You can think, I don't like leaving messages or maybe you don't like leaving messages and you think... But I do. So 503-974-6420. And that is the show, man. Boom. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Ernest! 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 <coughs> yes, Pee-wee. You brought the snacks, right?